This podcast was recorded on the 8th of September 2022 and was correct at the time of recording. Welcome to the Omnis Investment Club podcast. This podcast is for information only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. If you have any questions, please contact your financial advisor. Hello and welcome to the Omnis Investment Club podcast. I'm Rohit Aswani, and normally I'm here to talk about what happened in markets last week. But today I want to do things a little bit different, and today I want to talk about the bond market. Now, firstly, let's clarify some terminology. What do we define as bonds? Well, bonds are instruments, financial instruments, that are usually issued by governments or corporates or companies to raise money. When they want, when they need to raise money, they issue bonds. And in essence, investors will loan them the money in exchange for the bond. And what investors get uh, as a return is a coupon, an interest every year. And then after the term, so whenever the bond expires, uh, you get your money back that you've loaned. Think of it as a uh, interest-only mortgage, where uh, in essence, uh, you, the investor, are a bank, you're loaning the money to a company or a government. In return, every year, they will give you an interest. And at the end of it, you will get your, your, the amount you put in back. So bond markets this year have been all over the place. Uh, we typically think of bond markets as low risk. Um, so for uh, clients who are more cautious or have a more moderately cautious approach, they tend to have higher exposures to bond markets. And in particular, you have higher exposures to government bonds because government bonds, those bonds that are issued by, say, the UK government or the US government, well, they're quite safe. The UK government isn't going to go bust, you would hope. Same with the US government. So they are quite robust. They're quite safe instruments. Yet so far this year, gilts, which are the government bonds issued by the UK, well, they've dropped close to 20%. Um, and that seems unusual uh, if we're calling them as a low risk environment. Now, there's a, there's a lot of reasons why that has happened. Um, and, you know, we are in a interesting point in the economic cycle, uh, an economic cycle that's been exaggerated by uh, the pandemic two years ago and the recovery post pandemic, but also clearly exacerbated by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So today, I don't want to talk about bonds just myself. I want to try and bring some uh, another expert or a an even more in-depth expert into the world of investing in bonds. And so I am delighted that I am joined by Nicola Trindade from AXA Investment Management. And Nicola runs one of our funds at Omnis. So Omnis has a fund called the Omnis Short Dated Bond Fund bit of a complex name, but in essence, we're telling Nicola to basically invest in bonds that will expire in a short period of time. But clearly, Nicola is a bond investor and understands bond markets very, very, very well. So firstly, let's welcome uh, Nicola to the podcast. Hi, Nicola. How are you? Hi, thank you for inviting me. This is interesting because Nicola uh, is French, I assume, Nicola, and I'm Spanish. So we've got two Europeans here talking about what's going on in, 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 in bond markets. Um, 
But I'm going to start very simply, Nicola, which is um, so far this year, we've seen bond markets around the world fall. Uh, and in some instances, they've fallen quite dramatically. Uh, you know, for example, gilts, which are the bonds issued by the UK government, they're down, you know, depending on which what, what metric you look at, kind of 18, 20% so far this year. Um, now, 20% over a period of eight months for any asset class is a big fall. But gilts or bonds are meant to be low risk. So what's happened so far this year to make bonds fall so fast and in such big magnitude? 2022 has been very, very challenging for fixed income markets. And as you said, I mean, we've seen, for example, the gill market being for the first time ever in a bear market being down more than 20% on a year-to-date basis. And the reason why the gill market is down 20% is because yields have risen by more than 200 basis points, so by more than 2% since the beginning of the year. So we've seen a massive increase in yields, not only in the UK, but also in Europe and in the US. And the reason why yields have increased is because inflation has definitely surprised on the upside. We were, expe- ex- we were expecting inflation to be sticky going into 2022, but the war in Ukraine has made the situation worse because obviously the war in Ukraine has triggered a massive increase in inflation when it comes to food of energy inflation that has pushed overall inflation higher and that has pushed central bankers to be more and more hawkish and hike interest rates at a, at a faster pace in order to try to contain inflation. Yeah, okay, great. So I'm going to try and uh, um, clarify some some terms there. So yields is kind of the, the what you get as an income, in essence, from, from a bond. And, and typically what when a yield goes up, the bond price goes down. So that's why we've seen yields go up, as you said, Nicola, and that's driven bond prices down. And yields have gone up because there's expectations of interest rate hikes. And those expectations of interest rate hikes have moved upwards because inflation has surprised, as you said. Um, so it's kind of, all, you know, it's all interconnected. Inflation has come in higher than expected. We already expected higher inflation, as you mentioned. It's come in higher because of, of you know, or kind of exacerbated further because of the war in Ukraine. That has draw, driven the expectation for interest rates up. That's driven yields up. And when yields go up, bond prices come down. Um, is, that, is that a fair summary? Exactly. That, that's a fair summary. But the point here that we would like to make is that we think the market has gone too far. I mean, if you look, for example, at market pricing right now, the market expects the base rate in the UK, so the interest rate set by the Bank of England, to be as high as 4%, 4.25% by the middle of next year. We think it's too high. We don't think the Bank of England will have the ability to go that high uh, when it comes to, to, to interest rates. And we think that actually the Bank of England will probably go as high as 3%, but probably not much more than that. And what it means, it means that probably the market has gone ahead of itself and has basically priced in too much interest rate increases uh, over the next six six to 12 months. And that's why we believe that from these very high levels, we believe that yields are, are going to start to consolidate, which obviously will be very positive for fixed income markets. Yeah. And of course, as you know, I think you're absolutely right. And, and already in the last week or so. So when I looked at, um, at things a week ago, the market was expecting interest rates to get to 4.5. And now it's already come down to 4.25 in the matter of, 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 of a week. And so any revision down on that expectation of interest rates then means yields start falling. And then when yields fall, bond prices go up. And, and, and again, I'm just trying to oversimplify it, uh, but just so that we can understand the dynamics of, of how things work. And, and you're right, because if we're at 1.75 today, 
getting to four, four plus seems quite a quite quite a uh, an aggressive path. So you think we'll get to three, and then from there we'll stay there, or do you think we'll start coming there, coming down? We'll stay there. I think uh, it will depend on the inflation profile. The issue the UK faces is that inflation is probably going to be a lot stickier in the UK than is going to be in the US. In the US, for example, we expect inflation to fall on average to 5% over the course of 2023. So you can really see in the US a decrease in inflation, a gradual decrease in inflation, which should give cover for the US Federal Reserve to potentially decrease interest rates towards the back end of 2023. In the UK, the situation is different because inflation is quite sticky uh, and we still expect inflation to be quite high in 2023. Now, obviously, a couple of days ago, I mean, just today, actually, just today, we had the announcement of the uh, energy bill freeze uh, by, by the, the, uh, the trust government. So we have to assess what will be the impact on inflation. But we think that the impact on inflation will probably be around 4%. So it will, it will come down 4% from, from, from the current expectations. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it's still very, very high expectation. So instead of being 13% inflation, you'll get to 9% inflation. It's lower, but at any stress of imagination, that's great. But at least it definitely helps. Now, I think the reason why the UK market and gills in particular really underperform in August was because of, of a big uncertainty around the fiscal policy in the UK. And by fiscal policy, we mean what the government does, not the Bank of England does exactly what the government does, how do they plan to spend money. Uh, and obviously, because we had the conservative leadership contest during the month of August, um, and Liz Truss was the front runner in that conservative leadership contest. And she talked about tax cuts, about spending just a lot of money on a lot of different things, and the market got really spooked by it. And that's why the market started to say, listen, if the standard spending in the UK, that means that growth should be higher than what the market is currently pricing. And because inflation may increase as a result of that, the Bank of England may have to act interest rates even more. And that's why market pricing went, went totally nuts in, in, in August and went way too high. So thankfully now we have a government that is working. They started to do some policy announcements. Uh, we'll have more clarity towards the, the, the end of September because obviously it's one thing to say that we're going to freeze energy bills. It's another thing to say how much it's going to cost, exactly how and how much it's going to cost. So there's some numbers that are flying around. But again, we need to, to understand better the details of, of the plan and we don't have them yet. Yeah. Um, but that, that is what the UK market, the gills in particular, really underperform in August. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, I think, you know, I think that, that there is a short term you know, as you said, revision downwards of inflation because of that energy cap, there is a counter argument to say that basically you're just pushing the problem out further down the line because you're going to have to borrow to that to, to, to be able to pay for that. Um, and that means that inflation will stay higher for longer. Is Do you think that would be the case? Yes. I mean, the biggest issue that the, the, the trust government has right now is that they have to sell the plan, not only to the people in the UK, but also to the market. Because at the end of the day, basically, the, the, the UK Treasury relies on foreign investors to fund their current account deficits. So if they lose the trust from foreign investors, that will become a really, really big issue for the UK government. So what we need to make sure is that, you know, they can sell the plan to, to, to foreign investors. We, what it probably means, it means probably not doing everything at the same time. And that's what the market was spooked about, uh, about, because the market was spooked that, you know, the trust government would not only cap energy bills, but on top of that, they will be doing tax cuts at the same time. 
And then suddenly you're talking about a massive price tag that would be totally unfunded. That would be only basically, I mean, the UK government will have to borrow basically to be able to do that. And the market got really spooked by, by, by that. So hopefully as we get more information, as we understand better the details that should give more clarity to the market and hopefully more comfort to the market that, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be okay. But to some extent, I mean, you know, some days you feel like the UK market is, is behaving like an EM country, an emerging market country. When you look at the level of volatility that you see in the currency, in government bonds, it's, it's quite remarkable. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so, so just to kind of summarize, you know, the, the, the market, the bond market over August, obviously very volatile, the gilt market, was kind of pricing in two quite aggressive aspects. One is interest rates getting to kind of 4, 4.2, 4.5. Um, we don't think or you don't think that that will, will, will get to that level. And they were also kind of worried about Liz Truss coming in and doing everything in one go, everything she promised in the campaign in one go, which probably won't happen either. either. So kind of both of those things as they rein in, that will kind of have an impact and bring yields down and again, send bond, bond, bond prices up. So would you say based on that, that you're quite positive kind of over the next six, eight months on, on, on gilts? I mean, I would say that we probably need a bit of a longer time horizon. Okay. And I think if, if, if you have a 12 long time horizon, I think we are reasonably positive on, on gills, uh, because, you know, the repricing that we've already seen is, it's, it's massive. We've already seen a really big repricing, uh, in the market. The market is already pricing a lot of interest rate hacks, which we don't think is going to happen. So from that perspective, we think that the market would, should start basically consolidating and probably performing better. Now, obviously, we still need to see, we still need to see the details of that, you know, um, energy cap. So we'll see that towards the end of September. We also need to get more clarity around the tax tax cuts. When do they plan to do it? How are they going to do it? Uh, so we need to get more clarities on, on, on those elements. And also we need to get more clarity on the overall policy of, of a trust government when it comes, for example, to Brexit, uh, and the relationship with Northern Ireland and the Northern Ireland protocol. So there's a couple of things that, that, that we need to see fall in place before the market can get confidence that, okay, it's going to be fine. Uh, and we don't need to keep on expecting higher and higher interest rates because, you know, the government is going to do a lot of unfunding tax cuts and a lot of unfunding spending just to, to spur economic growth. Okay, great. So so that's the UK. Let's talk about the US. You kind of referenced it uh, a, a little bit earlier. You think inflation will start, you know, actually there's signs that inflation has already peaked and will start falling yes. from here. What does that mean for, uh, firstly, interest rates in, in the US? You know, where do you think they'll get to before they start cutting? And then what does that mean as well, second, uh, for treasuries. So that's bonds issued by, by the US government. Yeah. So if you look at the market pricing right now, I mean, it's quite similar to the UK, actually, when, when we see basically the, the market sees a terminal rate slightly above around 4%, with the terminal rate to be more around 3.5% for, for, for the US. So what it means, it means that the market has probably gone a little bit too far again, which means that over the shorter term, if we are right, we should see some consolidation in yields, maybe yields slightly falling, which means prices going up, and then we should see some good performance from treasuries. Um, I think the good, the better story about the US, as I said earlier on, we expect inflation to start falling down uh, over the course of 2023. And so that should help the, the US Federal Reserve to be less aggressive and probably to, to start maybe cutting interest rates towards the back end of, of 2023. So in terms of outlook, I would say that the outlook for US Treasuries is probably more positive than the outlook for UK yields. Okay, great. 
Uh, and so I guess just, you know, I think this is, there's a lot of moving parts to, 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 to bonds. I often say equities are really simple and bonds are really complicated because there are so many different moving parts uh, to, 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 to the equation. So clearly there's a lot, a lot of things impacting the price of bonds and the performance of bonds. Um, what we have seen this year, and this is, you know, is that equities and bonds have both fallen throughout this, this this year and often we describe uh, equities and and bonds as as good diversifiers of 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 each other which hasn't been the case this year now i know I, I looked at some data and over the last 70 years there has been nine individual calendar years where equities and bonds have both fallen so it's not common but it has happened before what's your thoughts are bonds particularly government bonds still a good diversifier for clients in in their portfolios, or is that diversification gone now forever? I don't think that that diversification is is gone forever. I mean, there's a couple of points that we need to take into account. The the first thing is the outright level of yield. If you look at the outright level of yield on on the 10-year yield, for example, it's about 3%, it's around 3% now. It's much better to have, in terms of diversification, it's much better to have a yield on a 10-year yield at 3%, that close to zero when we were back in 2020. Why? Because basically when you have a risk-off environment, yields falls. Obviously, if you are 0%, you can't fall much. Because then if you fall in negative territory, then there's an expectation that then the Bank of England will have to go negative interest rates. And we know the Bank of England doesn't have any appetite for that. So when the level of outright yield, absolute yield is very low, the diversification element becomes more difficult for guilds because they don't, they can't fall by that much. Now with guilt yields at 3%, there's a lot of space for guilt yields to fall should we see a really big risk off environment. Let me pause there because I think that's a really interesting point, Nicola. So, you know, almost we've seen yields come back up to 3% this year. It's almost like a reset for, for, for government bonds, if you like. And then now that gives you the cushion that in a risk off environment, those yields have some room to move and therefore give you the diversification. So exactly. you're almost, exactly. you're actually, they're actually a better diversifier now than they were 12 months ago. Definitely. They're definitely better this far than they were back in 20, early 2021 or 2020. Now, the reason why it hasn't worked this year is because of inflation. Because we are in an environment where everything has been positively correlated, apart from commodities, which have been performing extremely well. But if you exclude commodities, uh, everything has been positively correlated. Equities are down, credit spreads are wider, and government bond years are higher. And the reason why the reason behind this positive correlation is simply because because of inflation, because the market got spooked on inflation in a very high inflationary environment. You have much higher interest rates, which puts negative pressure on yields, as we discussed about it, higher yields, lower prices for government bonds, and also wider credit spreads and um, lower equities. So as inflation comes back into control, that also will leave the space for government bonds to become, again, the diversifier that is supposed to be versus equities, for example, or versus credit, for example. Okay. And here's just a, a, a left field question, and it's almost around the risk of inflation. So, you know, we, you, we, we kind of are on the same side as you that we think inflation will, you know, start peak, well, in the US peaking already and coming down, and we'll see inflation coming down slower, but at some point in, in, in the UK. But is there a risk that inflation stays high for long periods of time and i'm thinking about there'll be clients who will remember back to kind of the 70s where we had much higher inflation for a much prolonged period of time could we get to that situation again or, or you don't think so it's, it's it's a possibility again and i think it depends really on the regions 
If you look at the US, we think that, you know, as we discussed, inflation will fall down to was 5% on average in 2023 and will fall further in 2024. Obviously, here we're talking year-on-year inflation. So obviously, the best effect is also very important. If you look at the UK, we think that inflation in the UK will be stickier. It's always been stickier in the UK. Structurally, we always had more inflation in the UK than in the US or the Eurozone, for, for example. So here's probably going to be a bigger issue. And that's why we think that potentially the Bank of England could be pushed to keep interest rates at a higher level for longer compared to the Federal Reserve, for example, because of inflation being stickier. But yes, it's, it's, it's definitely a risk. Uh, and that's why central banks are being very hawkish and very aggressive when it comes to the tightening of monetary policy because they want to show market that they are meaning business. Yeah. And when you say keep it, interest rates higher for longer, is that kind of that 3% and we stay there? It's not exactly. going to 6%? No, or no, 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 no. Exactly. No, because, and also you have to remember that one part of bringing inflation down is interest rate going up, but something else that's also going to help inflation going down is UK economic growth. And if you remember, at the last meeting, the Bank of England announced that they were expecting the UK to be in recession for five consecutive quarters. And that also is going to put downward pressure on inflation. Because obviously, if you have fall in real wages, you're going to be less in fall in disposable income, then obviously you can't spend less. If you spend less, that means that producers, companies, retailers cannot put up their prices because they can't sell their products anymore. And that helps bring down inflation too. And that's why the Bank of England was saying, listen, we don't necessarily need to increase interest rate as much as what the market is pricing because the recession we're going to see in the UK is going to do some of the legwork for us anyway. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Uh, Nicola, that's been really, really helpful uh, in, in explaining what's going on. I'm sure we could speak in a month and there'll be so much more to talk about, especially as things unravel on, on the political landscape and we get more details around uh, kind of fiscal plans and fiscal support uh, for, 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 for the economy. Uh, but I think that's been really helpful and I'm sure it'll reassure some of our clients who have experienced, you know, in some of, in, in a big portion of their portfolios, some bigger drawdowns that they might have expected from, you know, bonds, for example. So that's been really helpful. Thank you so much for being here and on behalf of Omnis and all our investors thank you for continuing to to manage our short dated bond fund and, and carry on doing what you've been doing so far all right thank you for inviting me great and uh, hopefully see you soon thank you bye-bye so there you have it I hope my conversation was with Nicola was helpful to you in understanding the complexity of bond markets and how bond markets work uh, the un an understanding of why bond markets have behaved the way they have, an understanding about the outlook for bonds from here and how, despite what we've seen for the last eight months, that there is still some diversification to be had from bonds in, in, in portfolios. And that, yes, it might take a little while for, for things to recover, but that the outlook for bonds, in particular government bonds, over the next 12 to 18 months remains quite positive. Of course, if you still have any questions regarding what this means for your portfolio, then by all means, please do speak to your financial advisor. That's it from us today. I will, of course, be back next week with our usual Monday podcast where we'll take a look at what happened in markets the previous week. Thank you and have a good weekend. This podcast has been brought to you by Omnis Investments, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority.